Welcome to the Fullerton Free Podcast. The purpose of this conversation is to create a space for us to reflect and dialogue about this Sunday's sermon and discuss practical ways to live out what we learn together on Sunday. Each week will be led by our hosts, Cassie and Blake Valentin, where they'll be joined by different members of our church staff and family. The conversation that you're about to listen to is just the beginning. Our hope and prayer is that you take what's begun here and continue the conversation with your life groups, adult fellowships, families, friends, or whoever you may interact with throughout the week. Hi, welcome to the Fullerton Free Podcast. I am here with my wife, Cassie, and we are on staff. And we're joined by two guests, that is Scott and Jossie. And they are also married. We are. And uh, actually, how about... In vain of the, uh, is that the right word? Probably not. You gave me a weird (laughs) look when I said that. Um, In parallel, is that Mm. better? Sure. With the sermon, let's intro who we are. Wow. Scott, can you intro who you are and what you do here? I can't. That's a tough question, actually, based on the sermon. Yeah, yes. Is this my identity more, yeah. or cultural identity or identity in Christ? Which one, which one should I be Let's answering? do the one that... Like if I were doing a blog post kind yes, of deal? Okay. Before yes. you listen to the sermon, what would you have said? Oh, Ooh, that, that's that good. Good, good. Um, well, I am married to my beautiful wife over here, Jocelyn. We have four kids, uh, which is quite fun and quite an adventure all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm on staff here. I actually came to our church when I was a seventh grade kid, wow. uh, right after I gave my life to Jesus and have spent the last however many cents still here. I, I won't leave. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. How has your role evolved being here? My role has evolved. So I was, I was a volunteer after I was a student here and then I took on a role as a lead for six years. So I get to walk with the class from seventh grade all the way through 12th grade, wow. which was awesome. And then I was a junior high pastor, high school pastor, and now I get to serve and shepherd the whole heritage ministries, which is all the kids through young adults all the way through. That's awesome. Yeah. It's That's great awesome. stuff. Yay. What about you, Jossie? Um, let's see. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I am beloved. I am chosen. That's <laughs> nice. Wow. She wow. gets gold stars. Go. Gold stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Okay. For reals. Um, I started going to our church as an infant. My parents actually oh. met here in junior high. What uh, no, drew I'm you sorry. To the they church? came in junior high. They met in college. What was that? What drew you to the church? Which, mm, my <laughs> the parents' nursery, car. For sure. <laughs> um, so I've been going here the whole time. Mm. I knew who Scott was in junior high, but he was a year older, and you oh. know, no, no. I didn't. Yeah, I knew some of his friends better, but we um, met in high school, so that's when we started dating. But, anyways. Um, Grew up here right now, obviously, mom of four kids, mm-hmm. and um, I work for an independent study charter school, so it's kind of with homeschool families, nice. um, and I love babies, so I serve in the nursery. Nice. That is awesome. my one, I know that. and I, yeah, I love babies. And, so. and puppies. Babies and puppies. Sometimes puppies. Well, that's another thing that's fun about Scott and Jossie is they have a dog, and they Read it? Bread? bread? Bread. There it is. Okay. Bread. They bred. It's like you put your butter on in the morning. <laughs> That's why yeah. I felt weird. Okay. They bred their dog. <laughs> they breaded their dog. They bred a completely different Whoa. thing, though. That's kind of <laughs> gross. Kind of gross. She had nine puppies. Wow. It was a lot of work from about when they were about four weeks old till eight weeks when we got rid of them. Oh, my gosh. So much work. I wow. can't imagine. So, it was But glorious. really fun, and it was an adventure, and the kids loved it, and yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good. 
Yay. Well, for those of you listening, we are at our church doing a sermon series in 2 Thessalonians, and particularly this past Sunday, we read through 2 Thessalonians verses 13 through 17, a little chunk, and uh, usually the scripture heading on that will probably say something about standing firm, and it's a really encouraging couple of verses that come right after some heavier concepts about hell and the man of lawlessness. And so this whole passage is uh, really kind of pastoral and encouraging. And so we just kind of wanted to dive into a conversation about some of the main things that were discussed on Sunday through this passage. So we wanted to open up the conversation to, to Scott and Jossie and say, uh, from the onset of just these first few verses, what kind of stood out to you? What jumped out to you? Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Go for it. Um, okay. I actually really love the word beloved. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I've been on this journey for the past, it's probably been eight or nine years of um, recognizing my, like God's love for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I grew up always knowing God's love for me. Um, I mean, like I knew it. Sure. You know, in my mind, I was seeing Jesus loves me or whatever, but like really understanding the depths of that. So I had this experience one night when I was super angry with my children hmm. and probably had yelled at them and was feeling really, really guilty about that. And I was um, kind of on, I was on the floor of their room, like down in a ball, um, like just feeling the weight of like, hmm. I don't want to be like this, but hmm. um just came out all this yuck came out and I feel like God just spoke um right there to my heart that I love you the same right now as Mm. I do when you're like the best mom ever and um he gave me this picture of one of my kids blankets they were they were like two and three four years old I don't know um like covering me like and Mm. like as Jesus's blood covers me and that he looks at me through this blanket of Jesus's blood and sees me as righteous, even though, like, I know that I'm not. Mm. And so that was a very powerful um, ex- um, experience that I had and has helped me to understand God's love for me. Yeah. And it actually changed me in the moment. It changed wow. me. My, my mind towards my kids, my attitude towards my kids just changed. I, like, was drawn to them in love rather than still being angry at, like, yeah. their behavior. Mm. And so... That's kind of a journey that I've been on um, for the past several years of like really soaking in my um, the way that I'm loved by God, even in yeah. my yuck that yeah. comes out wow. when I don't want it to be. So wow. that was something that what a cool that journey. Me. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. That's really cool. thanks well, for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Mine's not as emotional. My wife it makes things deep quick, which I love. But yeah. uh, for me, I think it was the big picture of the idea of our identity. I think so easily in our world and in our culture, it's so simple for us to just have our identity be built in things that are surrounding us or that are based off of, again, our jobs or uh, the world or people or whatever. And I think just the fact that constantly it feels like Paul in his letters goes back to different to different groups that he's talking to, he goes back to him again and again and reminds them of who they are, who yeah. they are because of what Jesus has done, because of Christ, because of uh, the titles that they have, the identity that they have that's been worded and communicated through uh, God himself. And the right. fact that we don't have to like muster up who we are. We don't have to recreate it. We don't have to redesign it. Um, but I, I, I just love the fact that Paul has to remind them because I think right. for me, I have to be reminded all the time sure. like to stop living in the things that aren't true about who I really am. And live in the things that are actually deeply rooted in the truth of who God designed me to be. So, 
Yeah. How do we keep those uh, truths present and how do we keep them fresh? Because even Darren was talking about how, you know, like we know that God loves us or you even said mm-hmm. that. Like we grew up knowing that if you grew up in the church, but how do we keep that fresh and not just like, even as I was listening to the sermon, I was like, yeah, yeah, oh, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's awesome. But like, it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of recapture that like, oh, wow, like that's crazy. I don't know. What are your thoughts on how do you keep that fresh? Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of why it's a challenge to me. Is I think it's hard to keep it fresh sometimes. It's easy just to get caught in the monotony of the other mm-hmm. stuff or the other thoughts from other people or the culture around. And so I think obviously God's word, being consistently in God's word is a huge win to that because constantly it's repeated over and over again. Even again, as you spend time in the epistles, Paul reminds these churches over and over who they are in Christ. And I think we all need that. We just need that constant reminder and God's word is a great place to find it. I think also spending time in community with people who are who are regularly supporting and encouraging you with those right. truths who aren't afraid to stop you when you're off track and go, wait a minute, this this is not who you are. This this is who you are is pretty vital for our journey too. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah um, I know like personally there are times when my yuck is coming up and like I really think the Holy Spirit is like a gentle reminder to me, but there are moments when I choose not to listen to that reminder mm-hmm. and allow the yuck to keep coming. And then there are other times when I'm, I don't know, I take, a t- I take the moment to think about sure. um, the truth of um, God's love for me. And, and that can change my heart, but it's not every time. And um, I'm kind of reliant on the Holy Spirit being a good reminder to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool, too, to think about how... What Paul was saying was both what you said, Scott, like holistically, like identity, but also specifically, like I imagine there's probably people that he was writing to that specifically, like you shared, Jossie, like the wording just beloved that you're chosen and loved by God probably hit them in a way that was deeply profound, like it did for you. Like, and then there's also people who just needed like the zoomed out understanding that, oh, our identity is in God. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like that, that should change everything. That's, yeah, that's cool. What did you guys think about, um, he was talking about us being chosen and often that has a lot of weird kind of connotations with it. Uh, for you guys, is that a word or a concept that obviously being in the fold and being a part of, uh, the church and, uh, proclaiming to be Christians that maybe is an exciting word, but is that word sometimes, I don't know, controversial to you when you think, Oh wait, God has chosen me. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it can be a very controversial term in the sense of different theological bents or whatever the deal is. But I loved uh, how, as we unpack the passage, I just love even the perspective that Darren gave related to the fact that it's about being the first fruits. And I think in that in that place in particular, in that time when he's communicating to them to say, you were the ones back in Acts 17 who you're called to do this, to live this way, that you actually were chosen to be the ones to kind of be that launching point or mm-hmm. that beginning. I think vanguard is a word he used, and I love yeah. that. But I think there's the reminder that you are chosen to be the ones to then go and represent and reveal Christ is such a cool reality and exciting thing that I think is true for all of us in some capacity, but in particular in the, in the context of what they were dealing with in this passage and the things that they were um, having to kind of sort through being reminded of that truth, going back to act 17 was huge. So, yeah, that's really cool. I like thinking about it like that, that it's not just an identity piece, but it's also, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. And, it's action for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just that we're chosen or we're not chosen. How Darren presented it at least was that 
we're chosen to be the ones to spark up maybe the totally. next person. Totally. So no matter yeah. what you believe, you know, if you're the chosen few or not, uh, there's still some excitement there that we can go be chosen and we can spread the, the gospel. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so even uh, the way that it was presented on Sunday was kind of three main pieces of these very small few verses is who we are or who they are, um, what they will do or what we will do as as believers. And, and so I think that piece, as you're just saying, Sky, is important of the action of, okay, how do we, how do, we do this? And I think about that a lot with our church and us kind of presenting some new uh, vision pillars and, and things that we're excited to, to embody as a, as a church and what kind of vision do you guys see presented in these few verses? Um, and for those of you listening, remember there's four big vision pillars our church has been kind of talking about. Um, is there any one that you kind of really see uh, discussed in these verses? Um, well, as when we're talking about our identity, and um, so the first one, radiant peace rooted in confident expectation, I believe um, that peace comes out of me when I know who I am, that I'm loved by God, um, and I have this, just a confident expectation in um, God and his um, plan for my life and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about success. I'm not worried about finances. I'm not worried about um, my children. I mean, I still do those things sometimes, but you know, like overall I have a piece about my life and where God has me. And so I think the first one, um, as we recognize our identity, um, we can have that radiant peace. peace. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the, the good hope that he refers to in, in verse 16 is absolutely that kind of confident expectation that we have because of who we are in Christ. I think there's the, the link to that pillar in this passage is so clear. But I also mm-hmm. think there's a really unique kind of cool link to the revolutionary kindness thing uh, through this mm-hmm. kind of humble solidarity. I think the fact sure. that when he starts it off, he calls them brothers and there's like this family mm-hmm. concept. There's this unified, this is who we are. Like let's link arms together in this thing. We're going to go after uh, what God's called us to do because of who we are in him. And so there's kind of this this unique call to this pillar of this that we have also, which is like – we should be loving people out of this abundance of kindness because we are linked together as family in this thing. Like we care deeply about who we are because of the work that God's done in our lives. And we can now go and kind of share that and live that. That's the action piece. I think that's kind of unique too. So. That's cool. And the humble part of that is that it's nothing that we've earned. Totally. So, right. so as we um, accept God's grace in our life and his love for us um, without earning it, it's, it's a little bit easier to give it. You know, we give it out of our overflow rather than trying to muster up this kindness that oh, I should probably be kind to my neighbors, you know, mm-hmm. but it's kind yeah. of the overflow of what we've accepted and haven't necessarily worked for. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And it's helpful to relate to, you know, your neighbors when you know where you're coming from as well. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, awesome. We um, also want to talk through kind of how and you guys have touched on this, how, how do we do these things in our real life? So it starts with us knowing who we are, knowing that we're beloved and chosen and saved. Uh, and then it turns into action a bit of, okay, standing firm and, and all that. And as Blake kind of asked earlier, okay, but how, how do we, first of all, keep this fresh in our minds? And second of all, what does this realistically look like in, in your lives and spheres of influence? What does 
Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah, and how do we keep it tangible? Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you can walk into a sermon, listen to it, take a lot from it, and it kind of sits just in your heart. Mm-hmm. But it's, mm-hmm. I think, so helpful to have a tangible action or yeah. a, like a plan of like, how do I actually incorporate this in my life? So just to tag that on as yeah. well. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a... Again, that's a tough question sometimes with these things is how do we then live this thing out? What does it look like in our day-to-day routine? I think one of the kind of primary places for us that we think of often is our neighbors and we think of what it looks like Mm -hmm. to be a light in our community that Mm -hmm. we live in and where God's planted us. And so how do we take some of these truths, these realities of who we are and what God's done in us and start to begin to kind of trickle that out? So I think there's always a little bit of a call to you know, the, the, the proactive steps that we take in loving the people who literally live around us, who maybe Mm -hmm. have never heard this truth before. I think even as Darren was preaching on Sunday and I'm listening to him kind of unpack this passage, I just keep thinking like there's people who live next door to us or two doors down or three doors, who knows that just don't have, have maybe never heard this before. These truths that are so huge about how God designed us and made us, they've never heard it. And so I think there's obviously like this constant desire to say, how are we pursuing people in the, in the context of where God has us? But I also think there's so much going on in our lives all the time that are day-to-day things that are chaos. We talked, Jossie talked about kids a little bit and how they can humble you pretty darn quickly Mm -hmm. and recognizing that, man, we do not have it all together. We are broken and we're frail. And so I think in the midst of maybe some of the day-to-day stuff that just feels overwhelming to or sitting with friends hanging out and just talking through the reality of how difficult life can be and how confusing it is to parent and all those kind of things to have some of those things be constant reminders and to have the right people in your life that are also reminding you of that in the process. Mm -hmm. So I think even that journey that Jossie talked about at the very beginning is much of that is allowing God to speak into the moments when we're really broken and really um, wrestling through our reality, our identity and who we are. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this maybe in the last question about kind of overflowing with God's love and grace. And Mm -hmm. I honestly believe it's something I can't muster up myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't be loving enough to my neighbors to like, you know, moms at school, the, the homeschool moms that I work with, I can't muster that up unless I'm filled, um, and, and recognize God's love in me. And so, um, I guess my goal is to allow God's love to fill me. And then it comes out naturally. It comes out like, um, like with a humility of like, I know I don't deserve God's love either. Um, but he gave it to me. And so I want to give that to you, even though you don't really deserve God's love mm. in your behaviors, in your attitudes, in your, you know, um, your nasty words or whatever, you don't really deserve God's love, but I want to give it to you because Mm. I know that I've got, I've received it. So. Mm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I love that. That I don't, honestly, I don't have this verse memorized, but I know there's that one verse. If someone knows it, let me know. (laughs) Where it's like his kindness leads us to repentance. Oh, I I love that one. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. like, Reminds me exactly what you're talking about. It's in a song. I oh, usually it? sing it to okay. myself. <laughs> do, you, do you guys want me to sing it real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I got please. You. I got it. It's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. Is keep, that going? Really yeah, keep going. Keep going. Your, going. your favor, Lord. Lord, is our desire. That's, a, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, For now. Okay. Next time I'll do a whole <laughs> setup in the studio. Tune in next podcast. We'll do just 
I got you. Acoustic songs by Scott. <laughs> Singing in the wrong note. <laughs> no, that's great. But I do love that yeah. that message of, yeah. wow, it, because of what he did for us, it mm-hmm. will move us into compassion and grace that seems impossible because it is without him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's good. And, and, and lastly, I think um, I, I look at verse 17. It says, comfort your hearts and establish. He said another word with that for that would be turn or not just establish, but turn, change, um, our hearts in every good work and word. And, uh, he talked about the word comfort there and, and how it's not only, um, the first time he uses it, it's a noun. The second time it's a verb. This is what he does. He comforts our hearts, but again, to change, to turn, to establish good works and deeds amongst us. And I think that's, I think that's really good. And that's, difficult but i think as you guys said the more we can try to make it tangible the be- the better we can actually stand firm and, and look different in the world around us especially right now in the cultural climate that's happening there's a lot of shakiness going yeah. on and a lot of fear and if if we can exude something different because mm-hmm. of who we have i i think that's that's going to markedly set us apart so yeah yeah mm-hmm. well awesome uh do you guys have any other thoughts you want to tack on before we finish this thing up I got more songs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you no, take no, requests? I, I, for sure. Yeah, give it away. Give it up. No, I, I mean, overall, I think one of the unique things that was cool this week too, that it goes just to the truth of the passage and God's word speaking clearly, but even in our prayer time following to listen mm-hmm. to people come up and share it, it wasn't just – it wasn't just prayer requests for things that are typical prayer requests. It was mm-hmm. the recognition that these truths have kind of been forgotten. Like some of, wow. some of our crew were coming up saying, would you just pray that God would continue to remind me of these things, that this would, uh. that I'd be kind of reawakened to the truth of who I am in Christ because it's been a while since I really sat in this. And so mm-hmm. I think hearing that and being able to pray with people who are, are hearing this almost again for the first time, you know what I mean? It's such a powerful yeah. reality. And so it was a cool, it was a cool morning to obviously hear from God's word and be reminded, even after a couple of really difficult passages, to have one that's so encouraging yeah. and comforting, yeah. but then also to spend time with people and to wrestle in our own hearts with just this truth of this is who God designed us to be and this is what we're called to. And it's all because of our identity in him that we get an opportunity to live this way. And it was just – it was really unique to spend time with people in that and to hear people in our church come up and say – Pray that I would continue to be reminded mm. in the same way that Paul reminds this church that we would continue to be reminded of these truths all the time. So that's mm. so cool to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for joining us. We are not done though. No way. Well, we've got some family updates. That's right. We do. This is going to be exciting. <laughs> Surely it will be the first one. Uh, Scott, would you share what, with us what's happening this weekend? Yeah, we have a pretty fun event happening in our kids' ministry this weekend. It's a kids' barbecue and movie night. This is a night where we would encourage anybody with young kids in the kids' ministry to uh, to bring their kids out, uh, invite some friends, some neighbors. It's going to be pretty chill, food, games. We're going to watch Toy Story 4. Uh, the, the plan was to be on an outdoor big blow-up screen, but we all know that we're in a little bit of a rainy season, so there's a possibility we'll be in the commons if not. You can either bring a dinner, which is rad, or you can have a hot dog dinner for 5 bucks. Uh, and it will be great. It'll just be a very fun, relaxing, engaging time to be with other families. And so we want to invite you guys to that Saturday, 6 p.m., 14th. Don't miss out. The next uh, event we have coming up is this Sunday. Uh, we have a Think Well. And Think Well is a lecture series to address a variety of cultural issues um, and timeless, fundamental things about our Christian faith and impact how we uh, approach the world we live in. So uh, this month... Uh, 
March 15th, Sunday, we have DBC, also known as Dr. Dr. Barry Corey, from Biola University, and he's going to share what it means for the church to reclaim our ability to be kind and civil with conviction. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, Join us in the chapel at 6 p.m. for that Think Well. And last but certainly not least, Blake, what is Equip You? And uh, and when is it? Well, it's on Wednesday, but what is it? Let me look real quick. Uh, equip You. It's on Wednesday. Ah, yes. March 18th. And uh, come learn tangible and practical ways to share the gospel. It's evangelism training. So if you're interested, you say, man, I know the gospel, but how do I articulate this to the friends I have and the neighbors I have? Then come on Wednesday and, and learn some practical tools. So That'll be awesome. Yeah. Uh, you can find everything on the Fullerton Free app or on the website. So if we missed anything, make sure you check that. That's true. That's it. Okay. I won't close because I'm terrible at closing. He's a bad closer. Thanks for joining us this Our week on the Fullerton pleasure. Free Podcast. We are appreciative of you. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Okay, I'm also back closer. We'll cut it before that. Right, yeah, right. I, I really, I Thanks for listening to this week's Fullerton Free Podcast. We pray that your time listening to these responses to the message has helped you think about your own response to how God is moving in your life. We hope that you will take what you listen to today and continue the conversation throughout your week.